is enough, and it's time for a change. Come and take your best shot. I tried to be a nice guy. I tried to play by the rules. Turn your backs on me! I snap! I was a victim! Well, enough is enough! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scott and Paul's Island Podcast. Hello! Scott and Paul's Island as always, by my good friend and co-host, Paul Bird. Hello! I, we are currently enjoying a lovely biscuit. Yes, just be like, you know, sometimes you need to have a lovely biscuit with your podcast. Yep, a, ni- a nice digestive biscuit, and for myself, a nice cup of coffee. A very British opening to a title, founded originally for a British man, the WWF European title, which is what we're here to talk about. You know, I think that's appropriate. The only thing that would make it more appropriate is if we had tea instead of coffee. Yes, with tea or crumpets or any type of stereotypical thing that Americans think about when they think of British people. I must say, you know, I don't overly enjoy a crumpet. Neither do I, really. I'm, I've tried them, and I, I have tried to like them, but mm-hmm. I do not like I do enjoy a scone, though. Oh, a scone's a I smashing. do enjoy a scone. I, I'm afraid I play into American spread stuff on it, not, none of this ones with fruit through it. See, I, I like both types of scone, because I like, like you say, a plain scone that you can mm-hmm. put some butter or jam or cream or something yeah. in. But I do like a fruit scone. I once put Nutella on a scone. Ooh, lovely. Lovely. Good call. Thank you. I don't even need to be high to think of that. I just... No, but if you were high, you might do the same thing that I may do. Mm-hmm. Peanut butter. Ah. Peanut butter scone. Then again, I've never been a peanut butter kind of person, you know, so maybe I wouldn't have thought of that. No? Yeah. I like peanut butter. Not allergic to it or anything, but no. I just, it's just not my thing. God, the, the scourge of all peanut allergies. Peanut butter! <laughs> anyway, we're just a, a wave of like British stereotypes to start off this show, but yeah, we yeah. like we like a retrospective here, at least I like to do retrospectives uh, for the podcast, and we're going to be doing a lot more of them in the future, but we did the light heavyweight title a while back, it's in our yeah. archives, if you want to go check that out. A title that, I mean, it was a long show, but it didn't have as much history real being it has yeah. potential that well, that was the problem with the show we i think i think we appreciate it in a more favorable mindset on it when the run it had you know yeah because apart from its apart from its initial introduction uh-huh. you know they had the tournament for it and ultimately i think the right guy won it oh definitely big tasha i love tasha mitchell yeah yeah and when he did win it, <laughs> that was the best delivery of the fucking Mishinoko driver I've ever seen when Ooh. he fucking dropped Brian Christopher, man. That was, that was good, you know. And the only unfortunate thing that came from that initial tournament was the unfortunate injury to Scott Putsky. Mm-hmm. Who I, I don't believe he would have had a very massive main event career in oh, WWF, no. but he was, he was the son of a legend, mm-hmm. you know, and he had a pretty good stacked physique. Mm-hmm. But he completely fucked his knee. 
Uh, we will be covering <coughs> that because unfortunately it's going to be in a show in our in your house series in late night seven. It happened at uh, Ground Zero. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I know. You know, I've you know I have like Ground Zero. I've uh-huh. watched that much a few times, and you know, it doesn't get any easier to watch that particular portion I of the match. It would wrestle again. He go to WCW, be a job guy, but yeah, at least he was able to wrestle again. Yeah, but it doesn't get any easier to watch when somebody's mm-hmm. knee. Mm, yeah. Does that? Yeah, <laughs> no. yes, it doesn't bear thinking about. No, no, it really doesn't. Well, like look at the guys who held it. You look at the names. Like, oh, a title was held by Taka, Jerry Lynn, Jeff Hardy, Dean Malenko, Scotty Too Hot. Like, you might think of the matches that would have been had, and there were good matches when you could Jeff actually hold up. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah. You think, and you think, oh, the matches we could had, and the matches we did watch were, were solid. SA videos and everything, but like, yeah. either it was guys who kind of had some name, but they didn't do much with it. Yeah. Or there were guys who had potential, but were given the belt and kind of forgotten about. Whereas who was the last light heavyweight champ again? Uh, I believe it was X Pac. X Pac, yeah. Again, and he stayed properly as X Pac because we're talking about X Pac a lot if the European title later on. Are you talking about X like was light heavyweight champion during X Pac heat era? Oh yeah, prime X Pac heat era. Mm. When everyone was sick of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of your pistons. Alright, where you go, you mad fucking <laughs> fucking bronco buster. Look you on your mad fucking gun. You're basically shagging his face. Mm-hmm. You know all that with a fucking crotch up. Fuck off. All that patter. Ah, uh, patter, man. <laughs> My patter. Anyway. <laughs> this bell, and we were discussing at the end of our last episode that you kind of. It's not. I mean, it's more remembered than the late of it too. I mean, I've seen quite a few fans even talking about why all oh, the they've wanted it back. Like, Drew McIntyre said recently <laughs> that uh, for, like, the Class of the Castle show, he, like, he'd love it if, like, for one night only they had the European title back, but... I'd, I'd, you know, I'd have, I'd, I'd have the European title with that fucking 24-7 push anyway. But then again, the modern era would probably treat it the same way they treat the 24-7 title. I, I said to you towards the end of our last episode that it was kind of a... a as I said, not a title that was forgotten, but it's like a title that you need to either be watching the era that it was in, or be somebody nowadays who is a fan of watching back that era to really appreciate the title. Right here. <laughs> but like, I started watching the early 2000s, and the European title was kind of windling down when I started mm. watching, but I also had a look, quite a few tapes from 2099, so I saw plenty of the European title for a brief period, and then, Hell yeah. and then it was just gone. It was gone from television, but it's kind of an early version of what the WWE would do with the US title, isn't it? The, the title goes, and you're like, "Hey, <laughs> I was watching that." <laughs> hey, would you say? Would you agree? Maybe in a way, it was kind of like the US title would be when it was put in. In a way, yeah, in a way. Just, oh, shut up, phone! But still, the thing with the US title was that, like, it was a case to be like the. Other version of the Aircoinality of just for SmackDown, like a secondary belt for the guys to challenge for, but mm. it was weird because there were times, like, other than when Davey Boy had it initially, where the European title felt like it didn't have a purpose, like it was just another secondary belt, but like you had all one roster across all shows, and mm. like the IC title was still the biggest belt after the world belt. So there are PAs that we'll talk about here where the IC title takes. Well, it's shown to take precedence still over the European well, title. Do. And the European, you forget also, right? The European title, when Davey initially lost it, mm-hmm. it was quite a contentious thing. Uh-huh. You know, because 
the only time it was ever main event in a pay-per-view. The only time mm-hmm. the European title ever main evented a pay I mean, European title main event in the fucking pay-per-view over the world title. Uh-huh. That, that kind of thing nowadays mm-hmm. would be unfucking heard of. Uh-huh. You know, a lesser belt main event in your main title. Or in the WWE's case nowadays, their main titles. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, main events, a fucking pay-per-view... Lot of contention over the direction it went in that main event, you know. I mean, right up until the final fucking what was it, the final weeks or the final month at least. Mm-hmm. Like, all roads were pointing towards Davy bringing his cancer stricken sister to watch him retain mm-hmm. in fucking Manchester. Uh, you know what happened? Sean goes, You know what would be better? <laughs> See, if I want it, I'd be well better doing it. And Vince goes, That'd be better. That'd be better. You know the bit in Talladega Nights where uh, Will Ferrell says to John C. Riley's character, he's a little driver, probably basically lets him win mm. all the time. And uh, C. Riley says well, to Will Ferrell, like, you know, I thought maybe you could help me, you know, win a race. And then Will Ferrell's response is basically whenever Vince tells him someone's going to beat him in a match, we tell Sean he's going to beat him in a match, which Will Ferrell's like, yeah, but if you win, then, then how am I going to win? Yeah. But, oh, but Bulldog wins tonight, then, then how am I going to win? Like, I, I want to be European champion. Why? I, I can't not have a belt. <laughs> yeah. And plus, then, if I won the European title, that means I'll have won all the belts. I want all the belts, all that, the things. And that'll make me the bestest. I need to be the best, because I'm Shawn Michaels. Look, I'm Shawn Michaels, and I need to be the biggest <clears throat> fucking prick in the company. All right? Uh, and I need all the titles to be the biggest. I mean, I need to beat this guy in his home country in front of his sick sister. Aye. That makes sense. I don't give a fuck how sick your sister is. I want the belt. If I want the belt, I'm going to fucking have it. I'll go talk to Vince about it. Mm. That's what he was like. He's like, I'm going to talk to my dad. I'll pure get you tell on. Okay, I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> dad, dad, Vince, he's not letting me play with the title. I love how reoccurring that is when we talk about Sean in the 90s we basically paint this picture of Sean petulant shell going to his dad Vince McMahon and saying I want this I want that and he's like even though he's an arsehole everyone else can see he's an arsehole Vince's like oh Sean what are you like that's what it was like what? <laughs> that's what it's like <laughs> but the European bill I think like I said it had a purpose for when it was first introduced it was basically intended this belt is Davy's belt. Mm. It was what it was, was deciding a tournament in Europe. Going went to a European, one of only two Europeans who would hold the belt. And like the main thing was like even as far back we saw it before at SummerSlam '92. Whenever they went over to the UK or to Europe, Davy was, was the guy. Was a draw. Like he'd be positioned in main event matches. Like you see about the titled main event over the world, the IC belt main evented over the world when Brett and Davy had their match at SummerSlam. Mm. And so years later they wanted belt because they started doing a lot more overseas stuff. They went to more in Canada with the Heart Foundation storyline. They yeah. went to the UK. They went to Europe. They went to South Africa for a while. Mm. Even and they'd film some of these live events and Wait. make episodes of Raw at them. They looked the, the camera quality was shite, but what they still did them. What was that shitty thing that Ahmed Johnson won the South? Oh, the Kuwait Cup. Kuwait Cup. Aye. aye. So they were doing more international stuff because they were kind of well, US business was struggling. It was still on the up. Still. Mm. That's not even a sentence that's still on the up still, but you know what I meant. It's enough of a sentence, you're fine. I know words. <laughs> we we know you know words, Scott. We just don't know if you know how to put them together. 
Yeah. You need to work on that, man. I try. <laughs> but, so they went on a tour of Europe, and mostly through Germany, and they filmed the, the live event matches in this tournament, and they would be put on Raw for subsequent weeks. Mm. So between Final Four and WrestleMania, they had this tournament they were interested in about. They hyped up as, like, the first time in 20 years, a new championship. Yeah, yeah, totally. For a long time, like, like, you had the women's belt, but it was not really a... It was pretty much a non-factor for in the eyes apart, of a lot of people. Apart from maybe matches between, like, Bill Nakano and Nondra Blaze yeah. and whatnot. Apart from those two, mm-hmm. you know... Because the less said about Bertha Faye, the better. Because like 97, it's dead. Faye will come back in like late 98. But at this point, and for much of the time, there are three main titles you can win. The World, Tag, and Tag Team. Right. And now they've got this new belt you can you can win now. <laughs> the World Intercontinental Tag Team titles. <laughs> there you go. And they brought in the European belt, which we're to talk, we talk about the history and the people who won in their defences and all that stuff. Let's talk about the look of the belt, the design of the belt. I thought the design of the belt was good. This is a beautiful looking belt. It really is, mm-hmm. especially when it was first introduced, you know, all shiny and new and, and stuff. The shiny, the gold, the different flags from the different European countries on the main bit and on the uh, yeah. on the side plates. The red kind of lettering, the European gender. Mm. wasn't the biggest fan from like, early happened for a while, like late 98 into 99 and then by 2000 it's back to the black trap, but for a brief while... It was a green strap. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the green strap. I don't like green on title belts, to be honest. <laughs> like, there's some colours that work for title belts and some that don't, and would, green is not one. Would you rather Ultimate Warrior's lilac-strapped world title belt? Yeah. I mean, that's not a colour that works either, but, you know, I, I, I don't think I have a preference between the two. sky blue title belt. Sky blue might have worked for the European belt, if I'm honest. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Warrior had a lot of different coloured title belts for that almost year he held it. It's weird, because around the same time they had just the green strap for that belt, the bloody IC belt briefly gets a purple strap. Like, are, they, are you just experimenting with different yeah, title colours? I here? never liked that. Yeah? The purple belt. Yeah, Didn't you see you got a figure with a purple belt? Yeah. Was Orton with the purple belt? At least I used the purple belt with Orton, but it was, like a, it was a figure from App who would have held the IC belt after it was purple, but I just think they wanted an alternative IC belt that they could sell with a toy. Mm. So, you know. That's something I need to get from my collection, you know. What? I need uh, to get some title belts for my figures. Yeah. yeah. I don't see many title belts be toys like being sold, at least not on their own. That's that's why we go to eBay. Because yes. some people sell custom belts. Alright, excuse me. Yeah. I don't know as much about this world as you do. Ah, some people on eBay sell custom belts and custom figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very well, cool. Yeah. Design-wise, beautiful, like, the belt, the main bit in the belt's like, fair, like, size. Fair size in the middle and then thin strap. It looked good on very much most people. It fit every, just everybody that it held. It didn't look that small over in the massive physique of... Roided up Davy boy. It looked good on Davy. Shooty Tim. Yeah, Davy was one of the best that it looked on. And of course, he was the obvious pick for the first ever champion. Yeah. Because at the time, we were either going to go with him mm-hmm. or Owen. Uh huh. And ultimately, we picked him. So. Yeah, obviously, those two would meet in the finals. I've got the full on tournament here. Obviously, as I, I said, it established in 97. I shouldn't say as we go through it. There were 37 reigns in total for the ice. For the European title across twenty-seven different people to hold the belt. Yeah. So there are quite a few one-time champions. Only very few people ever held it more than once. And the guys that did hold it more either held it twice or there's two people in individual 
There are two people who we're talking about who are tied with the most trains at four each. Wow. Nobody ever held it three times, which is an odd thing. So a lot of people held it once, few held it twice, and some w- held it thrice, but never four. No, no, two people held it four, four times. Four, but never thrice. No one ever held it thrice. Ah. It's, it's like that Monty Python thing when they're talking about the Holy Hangred. Three shall be the number. No more. <laughs> five is out of the question. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. So the full tournament, Bulldog defeated Mankind in the first round. Vader defeated Rocky Maivia. Jeez. Owen Hart defeated Flash Funk and Bret Hart defeated Triple H. In the semis, Owen uh, defeated Bret by counter. I'm assuming Austin got involved. Can you imagine if Flash Funk had won it? Jesus. Would that have been the coolest? (laughs) But Owen beat Bret by counter. I'm assuming Austin got involved and Bulldog defeated Vader. Jaw led to a match that was taped on the 26th of February but didn't air until the 3rd of March. Mm. It was part of the tour where Owen and Bulldog would go to war as tag team champions. They'd and the teasing, final of it. They'd been teasing tension between the two until they met, you know, in the finals. And you know what? I'd say, shitty video quality side, I know it was on a live event, and then put on yeah. TV. It was, this is still one of Davy Boy's best matches. Oh, it really was, yeah. Really classic. Mm-hmm. And, as you know, I don't know if you guys know, like, if you, in case you guys haven't checked over Patrick's bed, like the light heavyweight title when we started on light shows, like that, that we were going to look at particular matches during our Spedda to kind of spotlight, and this is the first one I got to because, well, it's for the first, it's the first, first champion being crowned here. Yeah. So, you know, it's a weird commentary trio. We've got JR, uh, Vince, and randomly the Honky Tonk Man. I know, I know. Who you when, f- I, when I was watching it at first, I heard, like, <laughs> I heard the accent, mm-hmm. and for the briefest, briefest, briefest of seconds, I thought it might have been JR. Uh-huh. And then I listened properly, and I went, <laughs> oh, I know who that is. <laughs> it's that fake Elvis, man. Aye. Aye, Where's she Elvis? Aye. We've got Elvis at home. Like, I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. You're not cool. <laughs> and you forget... I'm cool. No, not you. Don't <laughs> man. You, it's a different story. But... Hey, you forgot he was even there. Other day, like until he randomly just popped in with a wee line or something that didn't add much. They're like, "Oh, you're there now." I a wee honky tonk ad lib. And I used to joke. I joke sometimes about Davey being on stuff, and also mm. look at oh flexy. Look at how big the bulldog is. But he looks very athletic. Like he was like like doing about where he where Owen's got the arm. He's flipping around out of it. He's doing cartwheels yeah. in this match. Well, you forget at this point in time, Davey was. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a good year or so before he started to, yeah, you know, get... For his decline. For his decline. And he went... That's the thing with Davey, right? When he was good, mm-hmm. he was really, really good. Uh-huh. Like, he was one of the best guys because he was extremely ripped, mm-hmm. you know, for the time period. I mean, and he was extremely athletic. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just like... You know, you know like a lot of wrestlers that had a physique, mm-hmm. but then he have a power? Yeah. You know, like Lugo. Mm-hmm. Lugo, incredibly ripped guy. Uh-huh. Didn't have much use it, though. Mm-hmm. It's all shown, yeah. Aye, Bulldog was powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to love that, you know, that delayed fucking... Uh-huh. Fucking it's... Vertical suplex. Yeah, the vertical suplex. See the way he held it? Uh-huh. And the way he dropped someone uh-huh. from it, like, the sort of into the slam? Uh-huh. 
or when he done his what was originally his I don't know how long if that was his proper finisher, but you know there's like hoist up for the bulldog yeah. running bulldog slam. Yeah. I used to love it. See when it was a guy that was obviously like a bit as heavy for him he left as a bucket of sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean and like like even the bit near the end of the match, I think Owen goes for something and Davy reverses it and he just it looks like yeah. one horn. Think, he just hoists him up, I think, and then I think what, the moment you're talking about, the builder goes for like some sort of pile driver. It's like Owen does that as well. Owen flips around, he'll take yeah, a yeah. tombstone. Then, then Davy flips out of it. Then that hoists gets, him just up on it, and it like I say, it looks like one fucking hand. He just hoists him up, and boom. Even, even though the finish comes shortly after that, that as a finish, I think would have been fine. Oh, that totally, would have been a hell of totally. a finish because that's his in like move. Because yeah, as much as like he wasn't. At times he wasn't the most technically minded unless he had a good dance partner like Brett like, or Yvonne. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't clumsy as a big guy. No, no, not no, at no. all. As, as like some would be. I mean, let's see. Whenever you see him doing moves, like especially in that era, he was always. You know, remember the nice thing we're saying about Davy because Davy comes up again in the European title scene. I might not be so nice about him then. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about that. Yeah, like they're doing like it's very. Scientific is what the, the word that's used on commentary. Yeah. Like, they are put, or if you will, they are putting on a clinic. A clinic, yes. A clinic, there you go. Clearly, very well put together by the two of them, flipping out of armholes and everything, both getting the best. There's a bit where they just kind of both pop up and stay each other and let the crowd, you know. Because yeah, yeah. Germany, is, in the, in the, back in the day, used to be a strong, like. Strong place. Yeah, well, for wrestling guys, used to go over there and tours in Germany across Europe. You know, catch wrestling technical stuff is very much appreciated over oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's still very popular promotions over in running in Germany today. So, still a very great place for wrestling. So, this crowd is very much appreciated of, of that. And then there's a point where they start becoming less like all oh, their pals wrestling. They got respect, and then there's a bit of bit shoving at one point. Yeah, a bit a bit shoving. There's a there's a spot as well where Owen tries to get the dirty pin on the rope. Yeah, I speak to feet on the ropes and everything. And interestingly, though. With that spot, I noticed as well. Mm-hmm. David kicked out of that spot. It wasn't a case of the ref spotting it and going, "Hey, you prick!" David kicked out. I think it wasn't about the ref him getting caught and like about the heel getting caught. But with it, I think it was more the idea of like look, look what Owen's doing. Even though this is his brother-in-law and tag partner, like look at yeah. this, he's he, he'd still resort to to using the rope. They thing. didn't even really play up a lot of the heel element between these two. Well, it was a proper genuine contest, and like there were points where. Like in the in the lead up to WrestleMania, everything where they were teasing the two breaking them, I think obviously the decision to turn Bret heel and start a new Heart Foundation like ended that and they yeah. stayed together, right? But I think the idea was going to be if they did break up, Davy as the face owns the heel, and there are points where Owens like working over Davy, he's got him in the holes, like he's like where he's in a camel clutch and Davy stands up and gets him to like the electric chair drop yeah. point. And I think if they did feud, then they probably would have been over the European. Being title. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And I think Owen, like not winning this, had would then feud fuel the uh, the feud because yeah, fuel, you, fuel Owen's jealousy. Yeah, him be jealous because like you notice the Slammy Awards, like you may have two titles, but you don't have two Slammys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it was the thing, they were both still like tag champs at this time, but they have a, a very shades of the well shades also of, of both men's wearing notable matches with Bretley. Like, Owens at WrestleMania 10 and Bulldogs when in London where Owen leaps up to the the Bulldog's shoulders, goes to roll through, and then Bulldog rolls back, gets the pin, and that's yeah. where he gets the three. Uh, before we talk about that, sorry. 
uh, jumped ahead a bit to the finish because there was another spot in the match where I think it's one of them's going for suplex. It might be Bulldog over suplex. No, it's Owen going for a suplex off the top, and then Bulldog kind of just flips over, floats over, and basically did a cross body on yeah, Owen to yeah. pin him down in the mat. But it's a roll through victory, also kind of a Owen kind of either Bulldog kind of knew what Owen was going for, or he kind of got lucky on the roll up. But it wasn't a case of like he was that like he is better. He was just better on this occasion, and then there's a moment where they both hold the belt up and they're still tag team champions. Yeah, like, like we've got. You know, I don't know if that, like, we're still trying to tease something or anything yeah. there, but, like, Owen, like, Davey wins, gets his title, Owen's a bit distraught, mm-hmm. and Davey's holding up yeah. his tag belt and his European belt, and then the thing that made me a bit, you know, hmm, I wonder if we were planning something, or maybe we weren't planning something, but you notice when Davey's got his back mm-hmm. to Owen and he's yeah. looking out of the crowd... Owen twice seems to walk up behind him as if like is he going to mm-hmm. like is he going to hit him with a belt is he going yeah. to attack him and then you really think that when you see it you mm-hmm. think does he it looks like he goes like he's going to go for him and then his second thoughts uh-huh. and then he looks like he's going to go for him again and then he just taps and shakes his horn and then he hoists up Davies uh, European title thinking. belt. And the two of them seem to hold it up in the middle and hold up their tag belts like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and Davey's like, aye, aye, right, you can hold it, but it's no yours. Aye, it's my belt. <laughs> my belt. <laughs> and the fact that they were holding it upside down and all. <laughs> but again, imagine being that crowd in Germany. Like, you don't get much wrestling, but. And you get to see a fantastic match like that for a new introduced title. I like you get to be, like, the different sides, like, you get to be a part of this tournament. You can say, like, I was there to see the European champion mm. and be crowned. I bet most people even knew to say, I was part of that. Mm. I, was, I sat and I watched them. Yeah. No, it's good for them, like, for what otherwise would have been just, like, a house show kind of thing. Mm. But despite the tape delay, uh, Bulldog is the. Like still that reign that he is he initially has is the longest single reign with mm. the belt over two hundred and five days he would hold the belt for. Jeez. And you know, I'll t- I won't tell you now. I'll wait till later on in the show when we get to his reign. But the closest person who is a one-time champion to hold to have the closest reign to Davies only has one hundred and twenty-five days as champion. Wow. So. European title was that belt that a lot of people held for very long. So Davey held it almost a year. Well, a, a good hundred or so days shy because he, he wins it in end of February, technically on air in March, yeah, but like, yeah. wins it in February and holds it to like September. So yeah. a fair, fair good chunk of the year. And He you know, lost it in September mm-hmm. and Sean only held it until December. Yeah. And he didn't even really lose it anyway because mm-hmm. it was lost into his faction. Yeah, very much so. Uh, but there was only a handful of like TV defences for for Bulldog as European champion. I think part of that was because he was tag team champion because then he, yeah, yeah. he and Owen then go into the thing with Vader and Mankind uh, for the tag match at, at WrestleMania. Yeah. And then obviously he'd be part of a faction so he's, he's caught up in all of that for most of the year. So, But apparently during the house show loop uh, the European title was a big fixture that was always defended on the house shows, yeah. or very often at least. The first ever actual televised European title defence would come against Fader a week or so before WrestleMania. To kind of, it was used more as an angle event than they set up the tag match, but like, mm-hmm. let's used to have a match, let's put this belt on the line and everything. Yeah, uh, make the match interesting. Mm-hmm. 
it, it went into a bit of a schmoz quite quickly afterwards. But then there was another match that I mean it didn't it technically get started, but it was technically for the European belt where the match two weeks after Mania where Owen and Bula were finally going to come to blows again after it looked like they were going to split up. Oh, that match! And then they don't have the match, but then Brett comes out and basically says like. What the hell are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Your family, for God's sake. Like, that, and that is the formation of the New Art Foundation. He's like, you know, these American fans, they want to see you fight, they want to tear you apart, we should stand together. And Owen, this is where the beef between Owen and Brett finally comes to an end. And Owen's, like, oh, Owen's crying. You're my brother. I love you. <laughs> and they're all hugging everything. So then there's no match, but then there's an actual proper European title event a few months later where Goldust would get a shot at the title. Did he win? No, he didn't get it. Of course he didn't win. I'm talking. <laughs> I know he did anyway. I'm just taking a piss. Yeah, yeah, you're an idiot. But uh, <laughs> Goldust would get a shot on it. Ran an episode of Raw. But like I said, yeah, tag team champion defended on pay-per-views, or he would be teaming with a very noteworthy match at Canadian Stampede, where they're all there's uh, the five-on-five. Uh, also, we know that Owen would take out the IC belt. So between them, Owen and Davy held the two mid-card belts and the tag team belts between mm. them. So. It's a very noteworthy thing that happened. And there would only actually be one proper... Like, other than the match with Sean, you'd have one other pay-per-view defence where it would come at SummerSlam, where he defended the title successfully against Ken Shamrock. Oh. And there would was... That would be SummerSlam... 97. 97, yeah. Yeah, because like, all the Heart Foundation, except for Na- Anvil, were, were in matches... Uh, like you had Pillman oh, against Goldust, yeah, yeah, yeah. Owen, Brett, Owen uh, Austin and Brett Taker. And Anvil said, oh, if any members of the Heart Foundation lose, I'll cut off my goatee. Two of them lost. He didn't cut off his goatee. Mm. Like, they put additions onto everybody's matches. Like, Pillman had to wear a dress if he lost, which he did. Owen would have, was supposed to kiss Austin's ass if he, if he lost or something like that. Or Austin said he would kiss Owen's ass, but... Uh, I think Austin said if he didn't win, he would kiss someone's ass. Then uh, Austin won despite the injury. Now, Brett said, if I lose, I'll never wrestle in the US again or whatever. Unfortunately, he won. And Bill Dog, had he lost, would have been forced to eat a, a can of dog food. <laughs> oh, yeah, stimulation. Yeah, yeah. But thankfully, he beat uh, he, he beat uh, Ken Shamrock, who's still fairly green at this time. And he beat him and didn't have to eat any dog food. But even as he was coming in for SummerSlam, they, they started promoting... I think they did arrange that a few months ahead of time. They had to start from one at the oh, in a few months we'll have a special uh, pay per view in the UK where mm. Owen Bulldog will defend his title against Shawn Michaels. They promoted it before Shawn turned heel, so it would have been, when you first heard about it, it would have been case of stuff as Tweener versus Heel from the Heart Foundation, mm. and then but then turned into Shawn's uh, full fight heel against hometown hero Davy Boy Smith. Who's a heel in the US, but is a hero in the UK. Yeah, which was that weird, <laughs> an international tweener. Yeah, because like uh, it was on Sky, but it was on the first proper pay per view events on Sky Box Office. Was the one night only show. And who's got it on tape? You, this guy. guy. <laughs> and so they're heavily promoting. Apparently, like I've heard from people that say like you couldn't watch a show on Sky without an advert for one night only. <laughs> it was a big deal. Bulldog was doing all sorts of press and radio shows, newspaper interviews, everything. And what originally he was told, you are winning the tight, you are retaining, so, which is why he even did the thing. I would dedicate this to my sister mm. who's dying of who's just battling cancer. 
She sadly passed away in 1999. That's really, really poor form on mm-hmm. fucking Vince's part, though. And Sean's. He, he even taped a thing, a pre-taped it, sit down interview, which aired on one night only. I know. At, while, while he still thought he was winning, again uh, says, uh, I dedicate this to my sister, to which Sean basically then twisted it, saying, like, no, Vince, yeah, bulldog, dying, si- doing it for your sister, home country, that's a good story. You know what's a better story? Shawn Michaels being the first ever Grand Slam champion. Yeah, that beats Diane's sister any day of the week. Mm. Yeah, prick. <laughs> and so there's no other way to say it. Like, that was a dick move. Eventually, Vince backed uh, Shawn and said, yeah, we're, we're going with the... Yeah, like, like I say, I, I, I loved Shawn. Mm-hmm. But I would never make any excuses for his attitude. No, oh, yeah. Because his attitude at the time was... Woeful. Woeful and very fucking self-serving. Uh-huh. And like, but what do you expect from a prima donna drug addict? Well, pretty much that, yeah. Yeah. Also, and all the UK movies initially weren't available in the US, so they'd come out later on on VHS, but like, this wasn't available in the US. It was like, oh, it's a Skybox office production, and it was available on select pay-per-views in Canada, so it was available in the UK and Canada mainly, mm-hmm. like kind of Europe, but like, because like, obviously, when, uh, the idea like, oh, the Heart Foundation were heroes in Canada and Europe and all around the world, it's just... You US fans that don't like it. And they keyfabed them in the baby not being available in America when Bear Hart went, Yeah, I got a clause in my contract and I used that to make sure the American fans didn't see this pay per view because they don't deserve to see this show. <laughs> they don't deserve to see Davey defending his European title. Which would have then, I'm sure, been confusing. Like, how the fuck did Shawn Michaels get the European title? <laughs> but yeah. We, we didn't get to see Davey defending his European title though. And if like. Uh, but they were feel like, why is, why is Sean now the European champion? But so going into this show, they they sell Davy or we're actually going with Sean with the bill, and they I don't know if they were actually planning on this or this is just something they told them to maybe make sure that they didn't the Heart Foundation didn't kick off about it. But they said they were planning on doing a show in April, which they end up running called Mayhem in Manchester. Mm. And they said, oh, we're going to come back to Manchester in April. We'll do UV Sean then. Have Sean hold the belt to the, till uh, till me of Manchester. You can win the belt back home, or like not, maybe not hold the belt, but we'll have an eye match between Bulldog and Sean, and Davy will get his win back. That was what they were told. I'm gonna read you this here. Me him in Manchester happened on April fourth. By then, both Sean and Davy were gone from the company, and it wasn't even televised. It was a shittily filmed house show in Manchester, which was then released on VHS. And shall I read you the card for me him in Manchester? Yes. Okay. What What was the date for Mayhem in Manchester? April 4th, 1998. Ah. With 19,000 people in attendance. And so how long had Sean been gone for? I think he would have like, done WrestleMania and then been gone until like, mid-March, so he'd been gone a few weeks, but ah. Bulldog left shortly after the Survivor Series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 19, or 19,000 people here, so shortly after WrestleMania, and then everybody flows up, flies over to the UK, all jet-lagged and not putting in much effort. <laughs> And this is what the crowd. If you, there are people who said that they read like wrestling dirties or magazines saying that oh they're going to do a rematch at the Mayhem in Manchester and bought tickets for that reason and sadly got this card. They got Jeff Jarrett alongside Tennessee Lee, uh, defeating Baracus, the roided up German man who couldn't wrestle. Uh, the Godwins defeating Skull and Eight Ball in a strap match. Uh, Ken Shamrock and Owen Hart randomly defeating The Rock and D'Lo Brown. Uh, Justin Bradshaw defeats Mark Meadow. 
the artist formerly known as Goldust defeats Cactus Jack. Uh, the LOD 2000 defeat uh, the New Age Outlaws in a tag title match by DQ. Would that be like, LOD 2000? Would that be with Sunny? Jaws isn't involved with them yet. It's just hawking animal with their weird motorbike helmets. Oh, and Sunny. I think a lot of these matches, like they were setting up for like. Was that Sunny in her whore garb? Yes. Yeah. They were setting up for like Unforgiven, so quite also they were going to have that match Unforgiven, so like, you're okay, give you it now. Here. Triple H defend was uh, challenging Triple H. Triple H was challenging Austin for the WWF title, which Austin would retain. Uh, and also Undertaker defeated Kane in our main every match. So, yeah, a couple of matches that were either rematches for me or previews of stuff you were going to see Unforgiven, or yeah. just stuff you just couldn't be arsed watching. It's like, oh, we'll give them any old shit, yeah. Watch DOA and the Godwins, they'll like that. The UK fans, they, oh, totally. the UK totally. fans will take anything, yeah. Who doesn't want to see that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, let's just say at no point in the From the Vault series will we ever be talking about Mayhem and Manchester. Even though you can get it on, v- I think there are VH copies of it still available. I wouldn't recommend it for your collection, Paul. Well, you say you wouldn't recommend it, but it may be recommended in the sense of. You know, God, even I can't think of a reason to have it. <laughs> I, I hear the wheels turning in your head trying to think of one, but. Well, it's trying to give some levity to it. Mm hmm. But. So, I'm not going to talk about it in too much detail because I'm sure one. I'm, my plan is when we get to Garden Zero, before we cover By Blood, I want to cover uh, One Night Only on its own, its own little review. Yeah. So, we're not going to talk about it too much detail, but uh, let's just say. Uh, they do a wee pre-tape thing where they talk to fans or oh, who do you want to see and there's a couple of like, the last he's like oh I love Shawn Michaels <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh Bruce Bull's good he's going to batter Shawn Michaels he comes up Shawn grabs a, a British Bulldog ice sphere from a, from a fan and sticks it in his trunks I don't, he does he well I don't know if the boy wants his figure back after yeah. that you know but Jesus I mean depends how much of a fan he is of Shawn Michaels he was a kid <laughs> For God's sake! Oh, sorry. Is this where we? Is this where you're drawing the line? Yeah, it take. I mean, I I drew a line when I seen that. It looked a young kid, probably about my kid's fucking age, with his bulldog figure, and that druggy bitch takes his fucking figure off him and drops it down his fucking pants. No, you don't do that to a kid. But. So, that's a solid enough match. Obviously, Sean tries to walk away from bulldog because all the fans are here. Or in Davy side, but then as soon as Rick Rude and Triple H and that come to ring say it's just, it's just it's hard to, for me to watch. Cause it's just so one sided and like. What you mean it's just a brutal beating? Yeah, and you're like in kayfabe, like, where are the Heart Foundation? Like, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I know Brett and Owens' matches were just before the this one, but like still they wait, they wait until Davy's had a severe beating. He's already lost the belt. He's already been his kicked, and they come kind of like. Too little, too late, lads. Ah, he's already had his leg fucked up, and his his sister and his wife have been mocked. Ah, he like he gets his knee brace ripped off after match, throat, and he he misses like like screaming for your country, bulldog, and uh, and I Sean, love that bit. I really do. Sean Todd and Diana going, Diana, sweetheart, this one's for you. Yeah. Like she tries to get in the ring, and China dragged all sorts. And then the Heart Foundation just look like twats. Yeah, they're made to look like twats. By what, you mean more than usual? Well, I mean, they're made to, <laughs> like, they're always portrayed on TV as, like, oh, we're a unit, we're a family, or the Heart Foundation. Like, How much of a family if you leave your boy, you got to do it. I'm like, clearly that was a decision made, like, okay, we're going to DX do all this. Like, oh, 
Yeah, it's like, we're going to do this. We're going to hit them with this. Or we're going to put them build up in the figure four for ages and ages. Foundation, what are we going to do? Or you're going to run down. When? Well, after the match. And after our post-match beatdown. Like, so we might as well not be there at all. So mm. you got. I will say one thing, though. And just on the basis of, you know, best for business and all. A lot of people may disagree with my viewpoint on this. But considering the nuclear level heat that Sean got on the way out of the match, you know you're a right bastard when you get that amount of heat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, Sean, as much a druggy prick as he would, was, he always had a vision and he always knew what he was planning. And I'm pretty sure he planned on that level of heat. Like, and he got it. Well, he could still generate a lot of heat, and he didn't have to win the title. No, he did not need to win it, but he got he achieved his goal. Because like you're watching it, and the beatdown goes on for ages and ages until he eventually loses. But like you're watching, like you'd be watching at the time, thinking, surely he's going to have a comeback at one point. Well, surely the Heart Foundation are going to come down. Well, at you some wa- point. Well, you watch the little small child. Stop it! Stop it! He's already dead. Yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> It's just overkill. The four of them just constantly kicking him while down, basically. Kicking him. Like it, it was just overkill. And then Sean wins, and then instantly he's only the second ever person to hold the belt. But instantly you feel the prestige of the European title start to go down because even though it's Sean, yeah, like because like Sean's got it, and then he's he's got this pre-match promo at Bad Blood uh, before the Hell in a Cell match goes. Oh, and whatever he says, as he knew there was like some sort of background, like he doesn't give a shit about it. Going. Oh, thankfully, my coveted European title is not on the line tonight. Mm. Like, do you really give a fuck about the European All, belt? Also, uh, the promo he did before he won the match, mm-hmm. and won the European title, where he was quite clearly Out his face. on something and trying to pump Sonny. Mm. If he hadn't pumped it already, or hadn't he? Oh, he did a fair bit of pumping before then, probably. Oh, yeah, but, well, she didn't look like she was too fussy. She was a skanky anyway. There was a... I looked up, like, Sean truly didn't have defend this belt other than that infamous Triple H match, but, like, no, apparently he did on TV. He did? He apparently, on the 20th October episode of Raw, there was a random match for both the European and IC belt with him and Owen Hart, which is a no contest after nine minutes. Mm. And then... Nine the, minutes? Yes. And, and, and I'm assuming in the lead-up to their match at DX, uh, Ken Shamrock challenged Sean for the European title. Which is in a DQ after only five minutes. <laughs> so he did two defences of it. So immediately as soon as that happened, then he goes into his thing with Taker, which by winning the Hell in Cell makes him the number one contender for the WF title, which is where his clear focus is like, oh yeah, I want all the belts. I'm sure Mega looking at me and my two titles. Which Shane which often held when they were doing in-ring segments anyway. But then eventually he had the match, which we're going to talk about here. I mean, I, I think it was out to be one of the matches we, we focus on. Even though there's not much to talk about move for move, because in a match that was taped on this, it was taped on the 11th of December, but aired on the 22nd. Uh huh. You're going to hear a lot of that in this retrospect because a lot of European title matches, because a lot of European title changes took place on TV, so there was a case of, oh, it happened on this date, but aired on this date. There's going to be a lot of that, it's a lot of rinse repeat here. Make it to the point where I. It happened here, but we're not showing you it until here. It's going to get a lot better. I'm going to probably get to a point where like, I can't be off telling you. It's like, it was Tate. I'll just tell you it was Tate, you bastards. So, this match happens. Uh, obviously, Triple H and Sean, they make a habit of insulting Commissioner Sergeant <laughs> Slobber. I mean, Slaughter, as they call him. Do you remember their little window wipers? Mm-hmm. 
And they so and they make fun of his big chin. Yeah. Massive slaughter chin. And then eventually was it Triple H says to him in one promo, he's like, keep your chin out of my business. He's like, by this point, Triple H had a match with Slaughter at the In Your House pay-per-view. Uh, I think Triple H won, obviously. But, and then Owen had come back, he'd been a thorn in the side of the of DX, yeah. the black car. You know what was so annoying about this? Like, this, this annoys me as well, what they did to Owen here. Because yeah. Owen immediately, after like two weeks, said, oh, uh, are, you, are you planning on, Vince is probably, are you planning on going after Shawn Michaels in the WF Championship. Like, I don't care about a piece of metal, lap textile, piece of leather. This is about making Shawn's life health. Like, so basically, you're getting, Vince, you're like, oh, I'm going to get this man to admit himself that we're not pushing him to the WF title. We have no interest in taking advantage of a potential Owen Hart versus Shawn feud. I mean, you may not have won the belt because I think by this point they were already saying like, Austin, Shawn, Mania, that's for plan here. Mm. And they suck to it, which is fair because, you know, you think about nowadays how they rarely stick to shit. Yeah, but like there was such it was basically like oh it was I think it was your segment where the DX do like a rock where I was like oh so Triple H you're gonna deal with uh, deal with with Owen Hart so then oh, Triple H eventually wins the European belt which we're gonna talk about so mm. Triple H takes a belt that Sean clearly doesn't care enough about Triple H, so Sean's lackey who as Triple H was kind of portrayed at this point takes a belt that Sean does can't be arsed with. Defends against a guy who Sean can't be arsed dealing with. <laughs> makes European belt look shit. Kind of makes Triple H look shit, even though Triple H still pretended through his association with Sean. And makes Owen look like shit, because even when Owen goes after the belt, he doesn't properly get a win over Triple H, as we're no, going to cover. No, he doesn't. Which, oh, God. But we're going to talk about something funny. See, I, I, do, I, do, I feel bad for you, <laughs> because it clearly causes you a little aggravation about the treatment of LaBelle, which I do agree with you on. That was something I hated when I was doing a lot of research, making a lot of notes for this, and this, the more I looked into the Owen Triple H back and forth for the European belt, the more angry I got. See, the, th- the thing with me is, I am a little biased. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do apologise for that. I have a little bias because mm-hmm. I loved, I really loved the original DX. I, I don't know how much of a minority I'm in, but I loved original DX a hundred times more than I loved DX Army. Yeah. hundred times more. Because they were complete assholes. <laughs> you know? Like, fucking up Bulldog, fucking up Owen, wedging Michael Cole, <laughs> ripping the piss out of Slaughter's mad face. <laughs> you know, being childish little dickheads. So this, I liked them. This match, we're going to Sean v Triple H, main event of Raw. Slaughter thinks he's finally got one over him. You're going to defend your European title tonight against Hunter Hurston. If you didn't want him to lay down, you should have told him, oh, you're defending the WWF title. Because mm. he, he cares about that, but he wouldn't have laid down then. But no. This was also the same building where early in the year, Sean had cut the point like, I've lost a lot of things, but one of them is my smile. <laughs> and you got Jim Cornette and JR Gornity, and there are points in here where you can feel... Jim Cornette's real hatred for these guys coming through <laughs> television. <laughs> Did Jim not like them? Oh, no, no. Even years, even after Sean, you know, became a better person, he'd still be like, yeah, but you're still an asshole. You did this thing to... You did this shitty thing to that person. I do want to forgive you for this well, thing. Well, Jim Cornette, as much as some people might disagree with him, he's a very principled man. Mm. Very principled. That's why I listen to his podcast. So they have this match, look like it's tied up, and like, oh, this might be, this might go a long time. We may have to ask for more TV time. We don't know how long this is going to go for. And they do the lock up, then no. they go another lock mm. up, and then Sean just falls down. 
Can I just say, Sean looked cool on his entrance. <laughs> so does Triple H, but Sean looked I, cool. I, I think this is Triple H's way of taking a shot back at Ultimate Warrior for burying the year prior, because then he just does the thing where he keeps running the ropes. And mm. they're like, oh, for, why is Sean just there? And they're like, why isn't him? So he just slowed down. And he just does like a really cool, does a wee jump on a Sean, does uh, a cover, and then Triple H wins, and then I love... Uh, shot, Sean, like, on his knees, like, crying. He's like... <laughs> No, what I love is, is okay, like, we've been kind, just bamboozle, hoodwinked, fool. It was like, it was a ruse, a charade, a sham. Yeah. <laughs> he, but, like, no, just, I, like, Jim Cornette's just got a source, a sham, a hoodwinked, we've been fooled, bamboozled. <laughs> I just loved Sean. Well, I just can't believe I lost my covenant European title. <laughs> Then he's on the Triple H. Well, I love you, man. <laughs> like, and like, and then, where, like, before he says that, he's all blubbering and everything. And then Jim Cornette's like, and Cheryl's like, oh, he's lost his smile again. Like, yeah. And then Jim Cornette's like, oh, we'll just say it already. <laughs> but now uh, he goes over to Triple H. I love you, man. Walks mm-hmm. with his Triple H. He's like, besides, from my kid being born, oh, wait, I don't have a kid. That I know, I know of. <laughs> this. It's the greatest moment in my life, Sarge. I did it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and Sean's already giving the DX. Sean's like, ah! Sarge, we know you don't need any help from us, but we made an ass out of you. Merry Christmas! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then Jim Cornette's like, "Is anyone else as tired as I am? Seen the sport again? Fucking disrespected by these two clowns." The first time, the first time I seen that bit, I was sitting there going. No, I'm not tired of it. I think this would be that would feed into Jim Cornette being involved in something where he brings in guys to the NWE, which Jim Cornette himself said he hated doing. No, what bodacious Bob and Bob and bombastic, bombastic Bart, yeah. and then bringing in Jarrett to randomly beat Barry Wyndham for the North American belt. Broker was best given. Also, during that angle, the Headbangers won the won the NWE tag titles. Oh, yeah. They beat the Rock and Roll Express for them and then lost them to the new Midnight Express. Ah, oh, yeah. So, you know, the more you know. So you the headbangers have held the WWF tag team titles? The NWA tag team titles? There was, there was only, I think, a small group of men who... Have, I think there's only a small group of teams that have held both the NWA and WF tag titles. Well, that uh, is a record they have. And I said, and I don't... And I didn't expect amongst those names to be, had, to be the headbangers. I am not unhappy about that fact. I'm sure you're not. But then Slaughter's kind of mouthing off. Slaughter's mouthing off like, oh, I'll see you after you next week when you defend your belt against Owen Hart. Like, but the thing is, DX are laughing so much and the DX music's playing. You can't hear a word Slaughter saying, so you need no. to rely on Jerry going, I think, I think Slaughter just said that uh, Triple H is going to defend the title next week against Owen Hart. You know, I think what Slaughter said was, <laughs> No, you didn't do that right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Bruce Campbell with a fat head. <laughs> I was gonna say he's, he's got a chin like Desperate Dan. Uh, aye! Fuck, that's who he looked like! <laughs> oh, that makes me like him, man, though. He's like is it Desperate man. Dan or is it Dapper Dan? I can't remember. No, Desperate Dan. Yeah, Desperate Dan. Desperate Dan. Yeah. And besides, the, the, the child, the fucking Sarge's got some credence. Did he not get his own G.I. Joe character? Oh, yeah, yeah. You he's know? Like, like, he basically. Probably try to like all oh, this whole story about him like yeah you'll come in and want you to be the spokesperson they work with Hasbro but like Vince wanted to work with Hasbro and didn't get them so he went and do his toys with the LGN like 
oh, we have a contract with IGN, like, you who work for us, like, you can't do that, like, no, oh, fuck it, I'm gonna go do this thing with the G.I. Joe here. This is like the like, 70s, early 80s, and like, probably yeah. try in the like, early 80s, and then Vince is like, oh, no, you can't do that, because we own the name Sergeant Slaughter, and then Sergeant Slaughter's legal team went, oh, actually, since 1974, he owns the Slaughter, owns the Sergeant Slaughter name. And I think he'd leave for a while and then come back as the Iraqi sympathizer. No, I made him an Iraqi sympathizer because he had cheek to do something I mean, on his we, own. I mean, we see, we see that in support of Slaughter. This is a man who, for years, said his gimmick was based on his real war record, which turned out to be very false. Mm. So, no, exactly any people in the right here, fully right here. Oh, not really. All but part, fake marine, park, annoying billionaire, all bastards. <laughs> Anyway, so the next week, uh, on the next Raw, the start of 1998, oh, she mentioned, I found out through wrestling bios and Wheeling the War, that the episode, uh, the, the errors of Bulldog and Owen having the first match for the belt, mm. that was the last episode of Raw before the introduction of Raw is War in the War Zone. Yeah, yeah. wow. So uh, they kind of, he kind of said on wrestling bios, oh, it's like they were kind of ushering, ending one era of Raw and then into the new other the war zone. That's really, I never knew that. Yeah. That's quite interesting. <laughs> that was the whole thing with Raw. Like the first error is Raw and the second error is the war zone. Mm. Anything can happen in the second error because perhaps the, we're past the watershed. We can be we, more adult and edgy. We can swear and show boobies in that. <laughs> oh, diddies. And, and DX will point to their dicks something. <laughs> diddies and dick pointing and childish swearing and uh, ch- chicks and chicks with their scants on and nothing else. Oh, and people you like getting beat and cut and all that. Like, what are you doing with that, with that remote? No, don't, don't turn it to WCW. No, 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 no. No, no don't, don't. Come on. We've got diddies and blood. Come on. <laughs> and, and fighting and swearing. We've got all that shit you teenage bastards like. Come on. <laughs> go ahead, bangers. Marilyn Manson. I'm sure some of you are there like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> don't go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so... At the start of 98, the next week, Raw, Triple H suffered a legit injury. He's like, so he was out for like, he's on crutches what, for like one, six weeks. One of many. Yeah, it was like, yeah, he was injured quite a few times in 98 with Triple H, but like, he had to be out for like six weeks. So they did a match with Sean and, and Owen, uh, which Owen didn't get much of. And then they had, they kind of boiled the feud over. They were both, they had an interaction in the Rumble, which Triple H would eliminate Owen yeah. in the Rumble. But eventually, Owen would get something of a victory, kind of, over them. Hold on. <laughs> on, a, on a roll that was taken on the 20th of January, but didn't end air to the 22nd, Owen was set to face, finally face Triple H for the table, but Triple H still injured. So, in comes Triple H Dust. It's <laughs> formerly known as Gold Dust, dressed as if a Triple H with a big blonde wig, a big fake nose as well. I remember that. Owen manages to beat... Uh, the artist formerly known as Dolores for the belt and Triple H's like no but he, he technically didn't be me he beat like I dresses me that doesn't count and then Slaughter Slaughter went this was an officially sanctioned European title match the, sta- the result stands all went hard as the European champion <laughs> I remember that mm-hmm. and so Owen also as you know would be part of that 8 man tag at uh, No Way Out of Texas yeah. so also he went into that match as the European champion and I'd love to see if there's any other noteworthy defences in, in Owen's very brief reign. Yeah, of his videos. He then he would defeat uh, Billy Gunn on an episode of Raw. He, he would defend against Jesus Castello on an episode of Shotgun Saturday Night. Who the hell is Jesus Castello? I believe he was a Boricua. 
Well, there was oh. a rambling episode where I don't know if it was before or after Owen won the belt, but he would be attacked by the Brookers and the Brookers would basically bring him to to Sean and Hunter. Basically, like, briefly for a few weeks, the DX used the Brookers as hitmen, which is why in kayfabe Savio Vega was the replacement for Sean No way, as as anticlimactic as it was for some people. Yeah, we have a match with Jeff Jarrett where uh, I think it was set, was centered around the fact that a few weeks ago at the Rumble before Owen. To make his entrance, he got randomly attacked by yeah, Jeff Jarrett and, and, and Cornette. But yeah, a couple of random defences against people like Barry Windham and Mark Henry randomly. So he he had a couple of defences on across Raw in the few weeks. But then leading into Mania, like, it was only a couple weeks before Mania that you know, we're going to have our match at Mania. And then Owen apparently rolled his ankle. It was hurt, but it wasn't as hurt as he made, was made to look on TV. Like he would have recovered in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, good for me. But they had him come in a big medical boot and everything, and you'd be say the angle was Triple H, you know, kind of lured him into a into a match uh, for the title, uh, and like an episode on episode one, like China whacks Owen in the angle yeah. in the boot with uh, a oh, weapon by the wrist, but and then Triple H basically gets him out of leg submission, and by referee's decision, Owen loses. The mm. belt, so he randomly won on TV, but not by beating Triple H. And then now Triple H and China got one over on Owen again on TV. Uh, they win the belt back. So, like, we think that's fine because a couple weeks' time it's WrestleMania. WrestleMania is where storylines are blown off and baby faces finally stand tall. <laughs> so, surely Owen the Black Hat will finally get what he's what he has coming to. We get to WrestleMania and China's handcuffed his slaughter and. Yeah, like, these, yeah. they have two more pay-per-view matches to Owen and Triple H, right? And suddenly the story is, like, it's not about Owen trying to get back at DX, you know, because he hates DX for what they did to, you know, Brett and, and all those other things which it started about being. Yeah. No, it's, now it's about, oh, China's such an interference. Sergeant's love, the incompetent commissioner has to think of wacky ways to stop from interfering. Like, first he'll handcuff himself to it at WrestleMania, and then, oh, no, she threw powder in his eyes and she still got involved. And then, oh, well, hi, I'm forgiven, we'll hang her in a shark cage. And, yeah. and then her escape with shark cage distracts Owen, which allows X-Pot to get involved by the by the DX armies, I think. Like, so if you consider this, send her to the back and see if you come out here to ringside, then Triple H will be stripped of his title. Like, that's a strict enough decision. That's, that works enough. Like, you you being out there, having China out there at all, immediately allows for a chance that there's going to be some shenanigans here when you're trying to avoid shenanigans. You know, the way you talk so passionately about your dislike for the way they treated Owen, it makes me feel bad because, you know, when I watch back those videos, well, not recently because my VCR's fucking broken, but when I watch back those videos, I laugh a lot of the time <laughs> when Owen loses because I never really liked him when... We didn't like Blackheart, Owenheart. Nah, I just never really liked Owen as much. I never appreciated him as much as I I grew to. Like, what was it? What was it that made you like grow to like Owenheart? Because you and I have talked very passionately about. Oh, it's I, more. I, it's what, more. What, you know, see when I pulled my my when I pulled my childish fucking mm-hmm. head off. You know what I mean? And started appreciating mm-hmm. wrestling more so for. Wrestling as opposed to just character work and shit. Mm-hmm. When, because when you start appreciating wrestling for ability mm-hmm. and the technical skill, you can't be that way without appreciating someone like Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh-huh. I understand. It doesn't work. 
Because I, as I know you, you've been done about how you always thought one was a better, but heart brother. Oh, I now, was a better and, and we've we've often discussed about how we what we thought Owen said more like. I know you, you you never had interest in putting the belt on him, but main belt on him, but like you look at this feeling, like the European belt is already feeling like kind of a lower card, even though it's been held by Triple H, a lower yeah, card yeah. belt. But like, I mean, you can't give him something here. Like he never got a definitive one on one victory over either or over Triple H or V Sean. Like, so he, not even when Sean was the the face. Mm-hmm. Then he beat Sean a few times in. Uh, well, he did that match in like '95, where like he interviewed him, like, "Oh no, Sean's injury from when he was salted by those of Marines." Because there were Marines, not one single Marine who beat him up for talking shit. But yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Maybe that's something I could find out myself. When Sean was, you know. Just newly single wrestler, mm-hmm. and when Owen was it was the Rocket. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they ever had a match when they were both at that stage in their career. You know, the Heartbreak Kid, well, Shawn Michaels versus the Rocket Owen Hart. Not even sure like Owen cared really much. That he was. I don't know if Owen cared as much about him being you know, screwed over, not winning the belt because the European belt because. You know, I think his plan was, oh, I'm locked into this contract, I've got like three or four more years on this, like, I'm just doing my time, when my contract runs out, I'll retire, and you know, do something else, spend time with my family. And I wish that Christ you'd have got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. That fucking stupid fucking crap they put them through in the end up. I know. So, like, I thought, like, come on, at least, you give them the IC belt, at least give them a decent reign with the European belt, let them get one win over Triple H, because Triple H, by the midpoint by the summer we'll go into the IC title scene against The Rock mm, so like, it's not like they couldn't let, let them have a blow off and actually you know yeah. pass it back to Owen I, I could, like, Triple H isn't really going to lose anything because he's better going to this thing with The Rock and that and then uh, weird thing like DX becomes popular also and it continues when the DX army starts right so Owen loses again at uh, Unforgiven even though like New Year's Outlaws in their match against the LOD or acting like Keels but but then and DX screw over Owen, but are still somehow start becoming good guys. So what does Owen do? What is his logical conclusion? The next night on Raw, he decides that enough is enough, and it's time for a change. And he joins the Nation of Domination. Yeah. Him, the white Canadian man, joins this group that was meant to be about black men, you know, signing up against being held down. That was a logical thing to do. And then yeah, and one fell swoop. We diminished the nation and Owen in one one goal. And they decided merely because I think the Rock was so charismatic in his role. They said, "Okay, the nation are the bad guys, and uh, DX are the good guys." For some reason, we sent it also <laughs> to the uh, the DX parody segment with uh, Jason Sensation playing Owen Hart with a big nose and saying, "I'm not a nugget." <laughs> I love that parody. <laughs> that parody, but Mizark. Mizark. Which Mark Henry is. is Basically said in the past, later on, like you know, some people didn't like. He said, "I left my ass off of this." Mizark Henry <laughs> and fucking Road Dog doing the duo thing. I mean, I may remember the Mizark sensation and the and Triple H with his like drawn on eyebrow, like calling himself the Croc. Ah, like, he was a Croc. I just came from the bathroom. You smell what the Croc was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, oh, a nation member will take the belt from uh, the European belt from uh, Triple H. But it ain't Owen. Thanks to the help from The Rock, it would be D'Lo Brown. Yeah. I mean, I'm not entirely against that. It happened on July 14th in Birmingham, New York. Birmingham to New York. 
and would air on the 20th of July. And you talk about people who feel like real champions, other than people like, say, Bulldog. I want to think of European belt. I think oh, D'Lo yeah. Brown. You're looking at the real deal now. Yeah. Love D'Lo. And this would be around about the time where he'd get his two other most recognisable things other than the European belt. The chest protector. And he's bobbly. He'd... Which he which he claimed he got, he got oh, he needed for many reasons because Dan Severin like, probably pulled on his, his arm and arm. Like, yeah, like oh, yeah. I've injured my peg. I need this chest protector. But then also as a heel, he'd wear it long past him needing it. And then the head wall, which he said he got from the film Friday. Yeah. Like, he said he basically did the Chris Tucker about when he, when somebody got taken out during a nation like VDX match, he basically walked over and did the, did the Chris Tucker. You got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and just like stood over him <laughs> and just like didn't need to be head bubble <laughs> you got knocked the fuck out so that was the genesis of, of D'Lo Brown uh, and then this is where D'Lo finally starts to come into his own yeah. as a singles guy and then he would start something where he would be billed from a different European city every single night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, well, if he's from Helsinki or he's hailing from Berlin this evening. He was the, he was the proper Euro, European champion. Mm-hmm. He represented Europe. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, he would defeat Travis and then he would go on like defend the title against, I think it was a match, I miss you, I'm looking through his title defence and there was a match with Dan Serum which he lost by DQ and I'm, Maybe it's that match that I'm thinking. Maybe that's the match I'm thinking of where he got injured. He got a match against Val Venus where he lost by. He, he won by DQ because Val eventually got sick of him using the chest pad and then tried to use it as a weapon. Mm. So like, Val did like, the money shot with the thing, but then he shoved the ref to the ref like, no, no, you, you get DQ. I remember that match. Isn't yeah. that, what was that on? It was at SummerSlam 98. Yeah, I knew that one, yeah. So he's a against people like Shamrock and Val Venus and everything. Uh, like Capital Carnage, he's the European champion. I think of that show, and he's going round, and uh, he's uh, he's like he's going round. He's doing this, they do this thing yet with Dilo Brown going round London. He's like he's just waving to people like hello, Dilo Brown, European champion. They're like oh, the Queen, Buckingham Palace, the Queen was there. Queen's a big fan of Dilo Brown. Queenie, really? <laughs> <laughs> he's taking voice himself by the by the Thames, everything getting in that. a cab, <laughs> and then. Even though like the IC belt, a lot of it's the workhorse belt. At this point, like you have the two bigger stars, the two leaders of the nation, and and DX going at it for the belt. Basically, they'll help elevate both of them to the main event. Whereas this European belt, this temporarily uses a workhorse belt because the two kind of workers of the two factions, X Pac and Dilo, yeah. will then start a feud between the two with uh, the European title getting switched back and forth a couple of times in late nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, Xbox would first win the belt from from Dilo uh, in September of the AIF the Raw, but then Dilo would win it back a couple of weeks later, and then that would ultimately come to a match we'll cover in the future. Uh, in your house, Judgment Day, where Xbox would finally win the belt back. Mm. So the two of them would be just kind of swapping it for to see who's the better wrestler, and then Dilo takes a break. Dilo? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well Dilo takes a break from the European debt for a while because then he and Mark Henry try to pursue tag team. No goals. Was well, that like was that like uh, when that was at the stage of the only two members of the nation that were left? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they were the two, and then they they randomly got paired with Ivory when they were faces, and then I remember me and Jimmy from Rogue Pines were covering uh, the pilot of SmackDown where Ivory came out with Dilo, and 
Jimmy said, I've deemed these two ebony and ivory. <coughs> that was his joke, no mind, but I still find it funny. But yeah, uh, so the Xbox wins it uh, in your house, and then you would actually hold it for a, a fair amount of time. You would hold it through to February of the next year, mm. and you know, taking on all summers, he was starting to get quite over as the face of the kind of the underdog he was portrayed as of DX. Yeah, long before Xbox heat. Live long before people liked Xbox back then. Yeah, he'd be defending it against the likes of the Blackman, Takemichi Noku. Uh, you'd even defend it against you no know, other nation member, Mark Henry. Mm. Uh, and then obviously DX would get into it with the corporations or you get into title matches like the last title defence of 98 is him defending it against the big boss man on an episode of Raw yeah let's let's not talk about the corporation <laughs> why not what's wrong with the corporation because we're cunts that's why <laughs> I liked a lot of heel factions but do you know what corporation we're cunts you know what I find weird about the corporation apart like, from them being cunts well that yeah but uh, but you know it was weird because like look at the group of guys involved. Right, it's like you have to get the Rockies handpicked champion, everything like he who Vince wants is his guy. And then you look at guys around him, like you got guys who on their own, if they were in any other faction, they would be deemed as like the heavy or the big man and the muscle of the faction. Mm. But in here, it's just a bunch of different big guys. Because well, like, you've got boss man, Shamrock, Tess. Kane, and Tess. Like, all four of those guys in another faction would be the enforcer or the heavy mm. for the group, but then they're all in this group together. And then Shamrock and Bossman do a do an own and bulldog where Shamrock's got the IC belt, uh, Bossman gets the hardcore belt, and then the both of them win the tag titles together. Yeah, how long did they hold the tag titles for? I don't know. I imagine it wasn't very long. No, I don't it, think so. No, okay, I'm pretty sure uh, they go into '98, both won the single belts, but then they win the tag belts towards the end of the year. But quite early on, I'm sure maybe it's like Owen and. Owen and Jeff that won the belts because oh. like early '99, most of the time the tag belts were held by Owen and Jeff. Like Owen and Jeff Jarrett were a randomly thrown together team, and if Owen had not been putting the blue blazer and stuck around and managed to like survive and yeah. was still with us, I think that team could have went places because basically they were they were the outlaws were breaking up because uh, they weren't heels, they hadn't been heels in a while, and they were breaking up, breaking up, so they needed a new top heel tag team and. Mm. Owen and Dave, Owen and Jeff could have really fit the bill in that. They really could have. We could have pushed that rather yeah. than fucking do what they've done. Mm. Yeah. So, so Xbox is taking on all comers for the European East. Been against likes of Al Snow. He gets a title, successful title defense at the 1999 World Rumble where he defeats Gangrel. Mm. Which is weird to think about because I don't think of Gangrel as a guy who goes for titles even though he would have at a point that he's a couple of times I watched him on the Smackdown review of Froga Pines. I seen him like I saw a really fun hardcore match between him and Tess from early two thousand where Luna gets involved and they go outside into the outside bit of the arena and also it's snowing outside and Luna jumps on Tess back and Tess just throws him to a pile of snow. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking piano gets involved now, it's a fun match, I'll maybe seek it out. Mm. But then it all comes crashing down because in the midst of the street there's a tag team match on the fifteenth of February Raw where Shane McMahon teams with Kane against Xbox and Triple H, <clears throat> and the boss's son becomes the European champion because this is back when you were supposed to hate Shane McMahon. He was <sighs> supposed to not be a good wrestler and not Mr. Look at me, I can throw punches. I'm the best in the world. Makes me uncomfortable getting to this stage. <laughs> Terribly uncomfortable. Sorry for the abrupt nature of the end of the show, but 
we recorded this episode of the retrospective, this first part of the retrospective, that is, uh, after we'd already recorded a different podcast that you've probably already heard, I think it was a Fraser episode that we did, things have gotten a bit hectic with scheduling the last couple of weeks, so we decided, you know, this was a good place to start, we did cover the first two years of the European title, and it is looking like it's going to be a little bit of a series, this one, you know, there'll be a part two, maybe there'll be a part three, there's a lot more to delve into of this European title than me and Paul uh, thought, but you know, stay tuned, you know, part two is coming out very soon and we'll, we'll see how it goes from there, but we hope you enjoyed the first part of our European title retrospective and hopefully you'll follow us along to do more retrospectives, if there's any retrospectives you really want us to do, uh, let us know at SPRambling on Twitter, let me know it's going to be on the or comment on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast but you know thank you i hope you enjoyed the episode and totally see you next time Think you could tell us what to do? Yeah. Think you could tell us what to win? Think you better? Yeah. Well, you better get ready to bow to the master. Build and destroy you and your boys Mother, mother makes noise